tuning in to the 25th episode of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction and compulsive sexual behavior. If you or somebody that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And I am recording. Uh, If you happen to tune in to my last episode, which was about setting New Year's resolutions, um, you heard a little disclaimer at the beginning, which basically, uh, well, not basically, it, it, it did say that I had actually pressed stop on the recording for the entire podcast. Um, then I hit record right at the very end. So I had a, a really solid 15 seconds of the end um, where I was done with the podcast. So uh, I have everything set up right now. I am now very well aware that the, my light is blinking and I am recording. So this recording will go up on my um, uh, Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist Facebook page, and I will also put it up on, um, I'm going to put it up on the Pathback Recovery Vimeo account, so I will have links to that in the show notes as well as on my um, uh, Facebook page. So I'm excited. Again, a face for podcasting. So uh, there, it wasn't a horrible thing that that, that didn't work with the last episode. Um, had some really funny comments about that. Uh, had to do uh, encouraging me to do an episode on self sabotage. That if that was uh, something that I had actually meant to do, so that I didn't have to actually record. Um, but uh, that really was indeed uh, it was a it was a mistake. And uh, I guess there were a lot of things where I said, "Hey, look at these things, show and tell," and then there was nothing to show. So I think I, I here's my Eli's extracts. Perfect time for the uh, the live read. Um, this episode is sponsored by Eli's Extracts. Go to elis-extracts.com and use coupon code virtual couch there. You will get 25% off your entire order. Eli's Extracts is an all-natural organic shave cream for head, which I did today. And I can tell in the lighting now, if you are going to watch this video, very shiny. I may have to uh, to get a makeup artist in here when I do these live recordings. Um, uh, but for your head, your face, your legs, anywhere that you are going to shave, um, shave cream with the essences of lemon, key lime, and peach scented with essential oils. Today I have Antigua. And uh, boy, you open that stuff up. And again, if we could do smell-o-vision, it just smells amazing. Again, lemon, key lime, and peach. That's uh, coupon code virtual couch, all one word. And just go to elis-extracts.com. And also, um, we are sponsored by Covenant Eyes, which is an internet filtering program. CovenantEyes.com. Uh, it's internet filtering, it's accountability software, and if you do uh, decide to sign up for Covenant Eyes, the, the, the program, use coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, and then they give us a little bit, a uh, little kickback um, for pointing people that way, and all that money goes to support the podcast. So I am grateful to have you here today. I've, I've, I was at a wedding reception a couple of weeks ago, and I had someone uh, say some very kind things about the podcast, which I appreciate. Um, but they said that they want to hear more parenting. And I have to tell you, the majority of questions I get are about parenting and then couples or relationship, couples counseling, couples communication, how to inter- interact as couples. And those are two things that I'm passionate about. So um, I, I want to do more with that. And this is one of those episodes that I could not wait to do because this is a particular parenting technique that I, I do and I use in my own home. Uh, my wife and I are on the same page with this, and I learned this years ago, and I believe it. Again, I, I know that it works. 
Um, I know it can be difficult to implement. And I know that I have um, couples or when I'm doing parent coaching or seminars where people will hear this and they say, yeah, 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 I've tried all that. Um, but we'll kind of get into that of, of why why we kind of need to be on the same page as far as parenting goes. And ultimately, we need to be consistent. And, and again, we'll kind of get to that. So let me let me set the stage. A few years ago, many years ago, I was at a training. I was a shiny new therapist, still had that new therapist smell. And uh, and I'm sitting there and I used to, well, still, I would bring um, a notepad and a pen and I'm going to take some notes So because I'm excited. I'm really excited to be at this particular training because it's going to be on a parenting technique. And, and I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm already, and this lady comes up and I think she, you know, in my mind, I've made it. She put her hand on my shoulder and uh, she said, man, look at you. Like, I can tell you are here and you're ready to learn. I mean, you just look prepared. And I remember thinking, well, all right, this lady gets it, right? I mean, I think she's the presenter, but she gets it. She knows that I'm here. I'm serious. I'm ready. And, uh, and so then when she starts doing the presentation, she says, hey, how many of you did I come up and make a comment about, uh, look at you, look at you're ready to go. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I've been had. And I raised my hand. Yeah, me. And then she said, how many of you did I just say, hey, good job. You know, nice to see you. And a couple of people kind of quizzically, uh, maybe me. And, and she kind of jumped right in with this parenting technique. It's called the Nurtured Heart Approach. And there's a book that I, I tried to find in my bookshelf behind me. But anytime I have one, I end up giving it away. So I need to order a few more. But it's called Transforming the Difficult Child and Nurtured Heart Approach. And it's by Howard Glasser. And uh, the, the Nurtured Heart Approach, in this training, I went on to learn a lot of skills that I was able to implement immediately, um, not only in my home, but with my clients. So I really want to talk about that today. Let me kind of give you an overview of what the Nurtured Heart Approach is. And, and do not, please, do not tune me out because the overview is basically acknowledging positive behaviors and ignoring negative behaviors. I mean, and, and it's not that it's that simple, but that's kind of the framework that we're working in. Again, the reason I say don't tune me out is I think a lot of people are, have automatic thoughts of, oh, so we're going to let them get away with the negative behaviors and, and we're going to cover all that. So so stick with me. Let me give a little bit of background on the Nurtured Heart Approach. Um, so the Nurtured Heart Approach was uh, it was developed in the 90s and it was developed by this uh, gentleman named Howard Glasser. And I remember in particular what this trainer talked about and then in the book, it gives some some evidence-based research in some school districts in Arizona. And honestly, I still remember to this day, it was, it was like the school district when they implemented the Nurtured Heart Approach uh, district-wide. Everything was better. You know, um, matter of fact, I, I printed up the, the results. This is off of a, um, a website that I did not uh, get the attribution for. Hold on one second. I can do that with the computer here in front of me. I think it's called Positive Parenting. Um, let me see. It is called, oh, the childrensuccessfoundation.com. Childrensuccessfoundation.com. And it, it points out this is for Tolson Elementary School in Phoenix, no, Tucson, Arizona. Fun fact, I apparently lived in Tucson from ages two to four. Don't quite remember that, but uh, I hear about that often from my own parents. So let me kind of break this down. The demographics, over 500 children, and this is a Title I school, um, over 80% free or reduced lunch. And uh, they give an overall success of the Nurtured Heart Approach, saying that um, during the time after the Nurtured Heart Approach was implemented, that there were no new diagnoses, new diagnoses of ADHD, no new children on medications. One child was suspended twice. 
Uh, I mean, and that, that's it as far as the disciplinary actions go. 1% of student body was utilizing special education, a drop from 15%, and their gifted and talented program had grown from nearly non-existent to over 15%. Standardized test scores were excelling from what were the worst in the district, and the teacher attrition rate had fallen to nearly zero from what was 50%. So, you know, I read that, and I remember thinking, okay, you know, and plus the... You know, it never, it never, never rained, and then everyone had a unicorn, and there was you know sunshine everywhere, and a money tree sprung up. I mean, I, I kind of felt like when I read this, uh, but then the more I dug into this, um, it's it's evidence based. It is, uh, it's here. Dr. Maria uh, Figueroa. Um, was in leadership at that time, and she said that back in 2000, she was appointed to the Tucson Elementary School, um, and there was no school-wide disciplinary program. So kind of long story short, she implements this nurtured heart approach, and apparently Dr. Glasser even came down and helped with the implementation. And 100% of the staff were trained in this approach. And uh, and then after um, after the nurtured heart was implemented, that's where we go to this um, no children at all diagnosed as ADHD, no new children on medication, one kid suspended twice, um, and then 1% of student body utilizing special education down from 15. The gifted and talented program non-existent now was up over 15% of the student population, and uh, just everything was was going well. Um, the synopsis, Tolson Elementary School, Title I school of over 500 children, 80% free or reduced lunch, has shown remarkable progress since beginning a school-wide nurtured heart approach intervention in 1999. And, uh, and so I remember that that stuck with me. So um, let's talk about it. The nurtured heart approach, in essence, is saying that you are going to acknowledge um, all of your children's good behaviors. There's a really key point here, not hollow praise, not just saying good job, good job. And I have to tell you, once you're kind of dialed into this nurtured heart approach, you're going you're gonna to start to hear how often parents are saying, good job, buddy, good job. And you can even watch as kids just kind of go about their business. The good job doesn't necessarily ring true. I remember this training, and I wish I could find this, um, the, the trainer handed out. It was four or five page worksheet that said it was, you know, hundreds of ways to praise other than good job. So it really is pointing out something in the moment. So, you know, hey, I appreciate the way you came into dinner. Um, I love when you pick your shoes up, uh, you know, those sort of things. So it doesn't just say good job, buddy. So you're acknowledging that uh, that they are doing something good. And, and I have to tell you, too, I've taught nurtured heart approach um, in, in schools. I've taught it at, uh, at um, companies. Um, I've done parent coaching, parent training. I've taught it at churches, uh, everywhere. So I believe this is a, a very good way to interact, period. I mean, we want to point out the positive in people. And, uh, and then it's ignoring the negative behavior. So I know that right away we're kind of thinking, well, what do we do when somebody acts up? And, and we're going to get to that. But I also want to kind of keep a seed planted that um, I think on one of my other podcasts I talked about, I heard it put one time that a lot of people want to try to get out of, you know, they want to walk 20 minutes into the woods and get out in five minutes. With parenting, um, we have to look at that as we're 20 minutes or maybe 40 minutes or maybe a week into the woods. And so it's going to take some time to kind of get back out. So we got to have a basis. We have to be on the same page. Um, with our spouses, uh, or if you know if you're a single parent, this is a nice place to kind of return back to. It's it's kind of a foundational principle. So we're going to acknowledge the good behaviors, and we're going to, in essence, ignore the the, the negative behaviors. Um, I, I pulled the uh, I pulled some nurtured heart information off of Wikipedia, which we know is always correct and true. Um, let me go over some of that though. It says nurtured heart is a way to use language to acknowledge that goodness or greatness. Um, it, it is inherent in people and that people ultimately are creative. Uh, they, they are full of goodwill and human potential. And I believe that. And I feel that a lot of times our 
why did you do that? Those negative, those fixing and judgment statements that we do on our kids or on other people around us, um, those tend to over time suppress this inherent goodness, greatness, uh, creativity, and goodwill that, that we all have inside of us. Um, we want to be able to pull those out of our kids. We want to be able to pull those out of our spouse. We want to pull those out of anybody that we interact with. So um, nurtured heart approach is considered a positive psychological practice of building this inner wealth, um, which is, is character strength. It's virtue. Again, it is nurturing. Nurture, it's a nurturing, positive, strength-based approach that is going to pull this inner wealth out of people that, that are in our lives. Uh, nurtured heart approach works toward radical appreciation of valued traits, qualities, and skills in an attempt to take recognition to a soul level of greatness. Just listen to that, right? Um, a radical appreciation. So that means that we have to actually go out of our way to, to point out the good in somebody. And, and that is one of those, when I'm, when I'm teaching this, I will talk a lot about, and we're going to get to a couple of these ways to do this active recognition. There's four ways in nurtured heart approach. But we have to start going out of our way um, to, to do this radical appreciation of valued traits and qualities that we see in our kids. Uh, the example that I like to give is a lot of times, and I remember this, we, have, we had a playroom. And at, at this point, uh, my kids are all teenagers now, but they're two years apart, four kids. And there would be times where they're just in the playroom and they're playing. And to, so my wife and I, could, we had a little bit of peace, a little bit of quiet. We could get things done in the home. And you would see them playing together. And it was almost like you would sneak by the playroom door, especially if it was open, because you did not want them to see you because if they did, inevitably somebody's going to point something out that someone else had done bad or somebody wants a drink or somebody wants a snack or somebody wants to, there's something that someone will want or need. So we would try to sneak by. Nurtured heart approach is going to kind of flip that around a little bit and you are going to walk by and if you see them playing together, here we go. This is the radical appreciation. It is a active recognition. It is to say, not just, hey, good job, you guys. It's, uh, man, I love watching you guys play together uh, because that shows me uh, that you can have fun together or that shows me that you really care about each other or that sort of thing. Now, at times, that will backfire. All of a sudden, everyone needs a drink. Um, everybody wants to know what time uh, the dinner is. Uh, everyone wants to know if they can have a snack. But we're, we're playing the long game now. Um, we are trying to, um, we're trying to create a pattern of nurture, nurturing and pulling out these strengths, acknowledging these positive traits. Uh, nurtured Heart recognizes that intensity, and I like this concept, intensity is a life force. And when intensity is nurtured in a positive way, people are shifted toward higher levels of individual greatness, which increases more meaningful purpose. So we're going to be able to use that intensity for good. Um, and let me tell you this as well, and, and this isn't in the, the notes that I found, but Nurtured Heart Approach kind of does play off a little bit of that. Uh, we are seeking attention, be it positive or negative attention. And I have to tell you, even when I was, you know, you hear that. That's kind of one of those pop psychology views. But I remember being in grad school and hearing that concept and thinking, I don't know if I buy that. You know, I don't know if someone is going to actively seek negative attention. And then I, boy, I tell the story uh, often when I speak. I remember at one point coming home and uh, and I'm pulling into the garage. And, and boy, let me go on a quick tangent there. Um, I, you know, I, I it, it, Nurtured Heart Approach plays into something that I love. When we come home, it's, it's show time. It's dad time. It's mom time. It's family time. And I know that I have a lot of clients that say, okay, but I need that. I need to just relax. I need to unwind. I need to de-stress. 
And this is part where, you know, my opinion, um, tough love, uh, blunt, that sort of thing. But, you know, let's let's get that time when we're driving home in the car. If we have to meditate, if we have to listen to music, if we have to sing our guts out, if we have to listen to uh, classical music, if we have to just uh, tune out with a podcast like the virtual couch or a book, then let's do that. But, man, when we hit that door, I, I don't want our kids to feel like, oh, everybody, dad's home. Uh, I don't want that to be a negative experience. I want that where they're looking out the window, you know, and they're equally as excited to see you as the dog. So when we open that door, I mean, I, you know, and I even have clients that will set alarms on their phone, um, especially I know with the iPhone and probably other uh, with Androids, but you can set this, you know, remind me a reminder that when I get home to, you know, to come in happy, to come in smiling, to ask how or what can I do to help um, as soon as we open the door, get that reminder so that when we walk through that, the threshold of that door, we are on. So with that said, one of these days I, I come in and I'm like, you know, basically daddy's home. And I, I swear <clears throat> the dogs are even probably doing something on there, probably on the backyard or whatever. And I walk into the kitchen and everybody's doing homework, which is great. I mean, kind of unique, right? And my wife is, is making dinner. There's a lot of things going on. And I kind of go from kid to kid, what's going on. They're busy. They're doing things. Walk up to my wife. I'm, I'm kind of like just antsy and wanting the attention. And, uh, and I, it's a very weak moment, but then I, you know, I think I, I start like grabbing food out of the pans and I kind of like, you know, oh, I shake her a little bit or that sort of thing. And then she finally turns around and she goes, what? And, and I remember going, wow, okay, there is that example of, I just wanted any attention. So I was willing to take that negative attention. I just wanted attention. And that kind of like an epiphany for me. So when we talk about things in Nurtured Heart, we talk about this intensity and we talk about that, you know, if our if that's the way that our kids are acting, um, we want to fuel that that intensity in a positive way. We want to pull out those positive traits and ignore those negative traits. Uh, I love this concept of the Nurtured Heart approach. And this is another one that you hear a lot in therapy, maybe pop psychology as well. But uh, this does um, kind of uh, talks about positive. There's a positive psychological practice in the form of saturating with the recognition of positive approach. We're supporting this positivity ratio um, in here. And this is actually pointing to some research by a woman named Barbara Fredrickson saying that it takes three positive emotions to outweigh one negative. I've heard different formulas. I've heard three to one. I've heard five to one. I've heard 10 to one. And, uh, and I, um, that one, I have to, when I first learned that concept, I remember coming back into a session and trying to teach that. And I felt like this couple, and it was probably the first, it was just a, a, a random or a fluke example, but this couple then would say, they would come in they'd be pretty calm and they would say, okay, um, she, she's a great mom. Uh, she's nice. She cooks well. Uh, she dresses great. She does her hair nice. Is that five? And then they're like, okay, she needs to stop, you know, whatever. And so that just defeats the whole concept. But what I love about this is it says nurtured heart approach posits that no criticism at all is ever warranted. If I had like a budget for sound effects, I would like, dun, dun, dun. that's ominous music right there, right? Again, no criticism at all is ever warranted. It emulates the architecture of the loving universe that upholds that all lessons can be taught through positive messages tied to real moments when problems and issues are not happening. When the waters are calm, we're going to, we, that's what we're doing, right? So when the waters are calm, we are actively recognizing these wonderful moments and we're not just doing hollow praise, but we are pointing out the good. Now, when the negative happens, we're kind of, you know, we're going to let that pass. We're going to ignore it. But I want you to know we're getting to that. There are, we, we are working from a place of, there are consequences, uh, very loving, very, you know, from a loving place, but there are consequences. So Nurtured Heart believes that the awakening is not from fear of consequence, but rather than um, it's what is revealed by loving and energized messages of gratitude, reflecting actual success. You know, let that soak in. 
we we do not want to lead from fear. I I I will I will preach this till the day I die. Um, fear based motivation is not it's not lasting motivation, um, and it, it just in the grand scheme of things doesn't do well. This goes back to everything I preach with my couples, with this um, emotionally focused therapy, this EFT, or, or my podcast about how to talk to your teen. We want our kids to be able to come to us in the in the moment, the crossroads, the transitions of their lives, and say. Here are my thoughts. Here's what happened, and not. And we want them to come to us, and we want to be able to take that all in, <clears throat> have awareness, and not say, "Are you kidding me? Like, I, didn't I raise you better than that? I can't believe you did that." Or that there's zero place for that. And that's why I love the nurture heart approach. There, it, it's basically saying, criticism, no criticism is warranted, and we're going to get to that again. Um, there's the, there. This makes sense. Um, all right, the core components of the nurture heart approach. Here we go. Number one, refusing to energize negativity. We're not going to buy into it. We're not going to feed that negativity. We're just not, we, we are not going to do that paradigm shift. Number two, super energizing success. So that means that we are going to look for these moments, active recognition of when we can point out these positive traits because we're going to draw out this, uh, this inner strength. These, uh, um, we're going to draw that out of, of people, of our kids in particular. Number three, here we go, establishing and impl- implementing clear limits and consequences. And, th- and this gets really important. I almost want to kind of skip to this. There's a podcast I did a long time ago where I said, eat the dessert first. I feel like kind of giving you this dessert first because there, there's probably plenty of you that are saying, okay, this is like a fairy tale, right? So let me do that. <clears throat> let me talk about establishing and implementing clear limits and consequences. So right now, most likely uh, you as a parent play this role a bit of a punisher now. And I want you to know, I'm not talking about you have to, I'm not going down the let's be their best friend I'm, because I still believe that's not, you know, it's not a role. We are a parent. That That's what we do. But that doesn't mean that we have to be a parent who, who you know, rules with an iron fist. Um, and again, research backs me up on this, that if you want to create a relationship with your kid that is, you know, yeah, sure, they might do what you want them to do. But then down the road that this this relationship is fractured, um, then we can rule with an iron fist. If we want one where we actually uh, they know that they can come to us, we enjoy being around them and we grow old together. And then, OK, let's let's be real then they're taking care of us. So who's going to change our diaper when we get older, right? We, we got to kind of set the table now that uh, that we need to treat them well. Um, I hope that you can read sarcasm in that, uh, kind of, a little bit. So establishing and implementing clear limits and consequences. Our role is to move away from being the punisher. Here's the way Nurtured Heart works. So imagine that now you are using all of these moments for active recognition. We're gonna And we're going to get to specific techniques for that. Active recognition, pointing out the things that they do good, not hollow praise, not just good job, but I appreciate when, or I see you doing this, or I love when I see you doing these things. You know, nothing makes me happier when I see you doing homework because that shows me that, you know, you're understanding these concepts. Or when I see you helping your brother and or sister, uh, that just shows me that you you are a kind, comparing, uh, uh, compassionate person. Or just it's pointing out specifics, drawing out this inner wealth from from our uh, kids. But there are times where there are going to be things that they do that are wrong, and there are going to be some consequences that are, that need to happen. So I'm gonna. The, here, so here's what we do. So I I always recommend that when you are implementing this nurtured heart approach, you're going to have this moment. You're going to have a. You know, I love to do uh, this concept of a family night where you get everybody together, and nothing sets the table like the smell of brownies in the air. You get something going like that, or chocolate chip cookies, or whatever the dessert is. And already, you know, the kids are kind of mesmerized, almost like hypnotized with the the smell of these treats. But then you kind of sit down and you're going to say, okay, um, let's come up with some family rules. Let's come up with, and I'll give you an easy one in this day and age. It's like, okay, 
you know, um, what, what are some consequences if, you know, whatever it is, people don't clean their room, if they talk back to mom and dad, um, if they don't do their chores, right? And, and here's the key. You're getting the kids, regardless of what age, to come up with the consequences. Now, um, I don't know, kids skip through this next part. Uh, are, you may, in fact, lovingly manipulate some of this. I mean, you there are things that you want them. You don't want the consequence to, you know, talking back to mom be that they get, you know, uh, they get a bubble bath. I mean, that isn't that's not a natural consequence, right? But if if they aren't doing, if they aren't um, picking up the room or or whatever chores you've decided, if the kids come up with, hey, we, you know, you lose your phone privileges for a day, or you lose your Netflix privileges for a day, or that sort of thing, and again, they're coming up with it, and then if they do it again, then those are for three days. If they do it again, it's I don't know five days. Whatever the the things are, you come up with. But they're the ones coming up with this, and now you are nurtured, nurtured, harding that process, man. You know, you're saying things like, I love watching you guys work together and I'm really impressed with these these consequences that you're coming up with because that shows me that you understand that, you know, we shouldn't be talking bad to mom or you understand that we really do need to do our chores. And so I love this. I love everything about this. We write down those rules. The, the kids have come up with the rules. The rules now go on the refrigerator or uh, whatever, wherever they go. So now maybe you can see where I'm going. Now you are no longer the punisher. You are not the one that is, you know, uh, you have done bad. I will take your things now. Because, I mean, that that's the teenagers I get in session. And they just, boy, they are just working on ways to make sure they don't get caught the next time or that sort of thing. In this scenario, in these establishing and implementing clear limits and consequences, when a rule is broken, they already know the what the consequences are. Matter of fact, they came up with them. Matter of fact, you praise them coming up with them. And they got brownies. So in that moment now, you get to say things like, man... I, I'm, I'm I'm so sorry that you know you're gonna lose your phone privileges for a day, but uh, I know you can do this, you know, and I know you're gonna get through this. And I know next time you're gonna you're gonna understand, or you're gonna you're gonna prepare so that this doesn't happen again. And then when that time comes, when they get the phone back, or when whatever it is, um, now guess what? Look at you now. You get a praise. Hey, I love the way that you handled that. Like I was really impressed uh, because that showed me that you understand. You know, you're, you're getting older. You get more mature. You know, I, I, these are things that I, I know you're gonna take with your family or whatever. So all of a sudden, it's almost like you watch the first couple times this happens. The kids like. I think I just got in trouble, but I'm being praised for the way I handled that. And so thanks, mom or dad, for uh, for that. And, and it's a, it's a pretty funny moment. So there's that third approach, that third component of the nurtured heart approach of establishing and implementing clear limits and consequences, is that they are there, but you are no longer the punisher. You are the one that is again drawing out this inner strength from them, this inner wealth. Um, that's that's now your job, and so you're you're doing that, and you're even able to praise them for coming out of a consequence. Nurtured heart approach is, is not huge on the concept of timeout um, because there's some, there's some kind of uh, fun research that shows that during a timeout, it's not like typically a kid, you know, if it is a timeout, it's like, we're going to get them out. We're going to get them back in the game quickly um, because most kids don't sit there for five minutes and go, man, I really blew it. I, I, I really did bad. I mean, I, I can understand mom and dad's point. Usually it's like, okay, all right, old man, I'm not getting caught again next time. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, all right, so let's get into the, the, the good stuff. So in refusing to energize negativity, and I'm going to read again off the Wikipedia page, the practitioner, that is you as the parent uh, or participant, is taught to demonstrate by the use of body language, um, nonverbal states, and responses that there is a refusal to be drawn into accidentally rewarding poor choices or problems by way of energy and relationship. What does that mean? It means that even as I'm teaching nurtured heart approach, someone can disengage from the, you know, like the... They, they don't they don't engage in the negativity, but they can still like do the body language like, oh, you know, that kind of thing. Right. 
you're you're not even engaging in that. So when there's the negativity, you're kind of just you're just not even engaging. You're not even showing the, you know, the whatever the look is. Um, you are just trying to you know ignore that negative and then point out the positive when you when you have that opportunity. It says, uh, conversely, nurtured heart approach is always seeking and creating pathways to get the person right back into life in context of positivity and success. Nurtured heart teaches people that there is more to be gained by being engaged in life's successful choices and positive relations rather than the opposite uh, way of creatively reflecting firsthand experience of success. That's huge. So what we're basically saying is if they know that this new paradigm is, you know, they are they are being um, praised for their strengths and they are being encouraged to do good, then it only makes sense that we want them in the game more. When they are out of the game, that is just opportunity where they are not seeking to do good, where they are not developing this inner wealth. Uh, it says by energizing success and honoring the participant, the practitioner celebrates their success, no matter how incremental the movement is toward the desired positive behavior. So this is a key point. So I will literally have parents that will say, "Okay, but what if there's nothing good to praise?" Now, first of all, I want to—I mean, I want to lovingly—I um, was going to say I want to lovingly throw a pillow at the at the parent, but there is good. And if there is not good, or if, if the parent feels like there's nothing that they can praise about their child then even more the reason to, to double down on the nurtured heart approach. So um, I remember this trainer actually talking about someone coming into her office and, and the person, you know, they can't, they, they, the teenager was late. They didn't want to be there. They're slouching in the waiting room. And, you know, and she said she walked out there and she's like, hey, you know what? I am, I am just so grateful you're here. I really am. Um, and, and that's, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, that's positive. Um, I remember talking with a client and they were saying, there's nothing, you know, he he leaves his his stuff everywhere. He does, you know, whatever. And and we ended up finding out ways for him to praise his son and and just saying, you know what? I appreciate that there's, there is some daylight on the floor that the, the the whole thing hasn't been covered up, you know, because I really do. I'm I'm grateful for that. And and it was funny because even the kid kind of looked up like, what are you talking about? You know, wait, I, I don't hear these positive traits. And, uh, and so that was, that was a pretty deep moment. Now, um, I, I, I skipped this part in three in establishing and implementing these clear limits and consequences. Um, I bolded this in my notes. When clear limits and consequences are established and, here's the bold, implemented fearlessly and consistently, there's our difference. When I am talking to people about, um, you know, seeking or pointing out the positive and ignoring the negative, it, I, I will say three quarters of the time I hear, I've done that. I've tried that. Um, the difference is, have you, have you gone all in on that being your parenting paradigm? Um, have you, whenever you have not done that, have you apologized, you know, to the child and said, hey, you know what? I was pretty negative there and my, and I, and that's my bad. I really, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to do that anymore. Or have you have you circled back around and had a conversation with your spouse or, or someone and said, man, I kind of lost my cool there and I went pretty negative. Um, and I'm going to say probably no for the most part. So implemented fearlessly and consistently, you are going all in on the nurtured heart approach. It says the child or adult not only comes to know what the expectations are, but also they come to see how cherished they are for remaining within the boundaries of those rules. I, I bolded that one too. So they begin to see how cherished they are for doing good. This is where we're developing that inner wealth. Um, One other comment here. Should the child or adult break the rules, the practitioner resets the infraction immediately and unceremoniously. So that's the part where, hey, when somebody breaks the rule and we already have a consequence established, we, we, we don't go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. We've already talked about this. You know, um, we, talk, we did this, you were so good yesterday and now what happened today? I hope you're getting the, the point there that, that that negativity does nothing. Um, it does nothing but then crush or, or suppress that inner wealth. 
Um, so we want that. There's no reason for that. We just ignore that. Uh, meet and, and we, you know, unceremoniously, we want to get them back in the game. If there's a consequence, you know, the consequence is um, immediately and unceremoniously uh, put into play. But, but I mean, we're not going to like try to pile on. We're not going to look at this as a moment as to, you know, while I'm here, let me just continue to kick them. And by the way, you don't do your homework and you don't do this and this. And, and if that's, there's nothing positive. There's nothing uh, that we, that is good about that. Okay. Here uh, it says three simple ideas. I, I love this. Here we go. Um, one of these really stuck out to me uh, when I, when I had the training. Number one, Toys are us. So um, the, the three simple ideas. Remember Toys are us. It says, understanding that children and adults alike seek relationships suggests the analogy of being a toy to analyze reactions to others' negativity and positivity. What this is saying is that as adults, we, are, we, we hold our buttons out all the time for our kids. Hey, push these. Um, you know how to push these. Go ahead and push them. Uh, you, you know how to get me angry. And at the training I went to, I remember um, the woman talked about I mean, they love watching this. I mean, they're so used to this. They, they know if they push the right buttons in any combination that then we light up and it's fireworks and, and that's that negativity that they're drawing toward. So guess what? We're going to learn to hide our buttons. We're going to put them behind our back and uh, we're not going to take them out. And our kids are going to say, hey, wait a minute. I, these usually work when I push these buttons, when I say these things, right? Um, you know, that's not fair. You never do this. It's you're, you treat the other person better, whatever it is. Those are typically buttons that'll get us to go, right? Not anymore. Well, we put those buttons behind. So that's the Toys R Us, three simple rules, Toys R Us. Um, so participants are taught uh, to choose to let positivity um, push our buttons rather than negativity. So and now we'll pull, pull our, the new set of buttons out. And these new set of buttons are only activated by the positive things that they do. Okay, now they're going to know. Oh, I know if I do things, these wonderful things. If I, if I help others, if I, um, if I just seek good, then I'm going to. Those are the buttons that I'm going to be able to push. Those are those are. Then I'll see my parents react. Um, so then, they, thereby gaining healthy control over relationships in any setting. Uh, Nurtured Heart Approach asks the question: When are people most animated? When is the most energy, emotion, and engagement in the form of lights, bells, and whistles radiated when things are going right or wrong? Right now, most likely, they, they are, although those things happen, when things are going wrong. Again, pushing those negative buttons. We want to we shift that so that those things, the lights, bells, whistles are radiated, the emotion, when positive things happen. Okay, number two. And again, this is under the three simple ideas of Nurtured Heart Approach. Number two, video game theory. I love this one. This is one that stuck with me, whatever, a decade ago. Uh, says video game theory applied to life. In video games, recognition is offered in the forms, various forms of energetic response, um, positive reinforcement, for positive explorations and attainments, and for not breaking rules. When a rule is broken, so when somebody dies, an unceremonious and short timeout is called during which the person resets and then it's right back in the game where the default setting is one of gratitude and appreciation. Think, let that sit in. So what that's saying is that when, you know, when, when you're playing a video game and I, I'm old, I go back to like Mario, you die, um, you die unceremoniously, I don't know, you hit by a turtle or whatever those things are, you fall off a cliff and you die. And then in that one, Mario, I know, some little song happens, and then you're right back in it. And, and now you're still rewarded. You get a coin, you're excited, you knock over, you're a turtle, everything's great. I mean, it's not like when you're back in the game, you know, um, the turtles are going to shame you for a little while, or, or you know, or they're going to like freeze you out, or the princess is going to be like, you know what, I don't really feel like you're rescuing me right now. Um, maybe in a little while when I have time to calm down. There's none of that. 
you're back in the game. You are seeking that positive reinforcement. So we want to look at that same thing. We want our kids back in the game because that's where they get the positive reinforcement. So when those rules are broken, uh, an unceremonious and short timeout is called during which the person resets and then it's right back in the game. Uh, this last approach, I, I, I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't remember learning at the training, but I think I was so stuck on that video game theory because I love that one. I've quoted that one a, a thousand times. Um, this one, Toll Taker View. People learn that the view one has is a choice and how things are perceived as in an individual's world. And I know that, you know, the, the, the deep therapist in me knows that some people are going to hear this because this basically the toll taker view is saying that two people can be in the same circumstance and one chooses to see it negatively and the other uh and the other positively and thereby creating negative or positive outcomes same scenario but they're going to create you know they're going to have different outcomes as a result of choosing their point of view so here is where the deep therapist in me says okay but i know a lot of people do get fed up you know people that struggle with severe depression things like that that they have a hard time when they just hear, come on, success is a choice, you know. Um, but from the nurtured heart approach, from a parenting paradigm standpoint, uh, we are kind of working under that paradigm. And there's going to be exceptions to those rules, and, and of course. But I want us to kind of look at that as, as we are building these positive uh, reactions, um, as we're building, as we're nurturing this positive self-worth and inner wealth, that what we're trying to do is in the long run, we're setting up this this um, potential for optimism instead of pessimism. You know, there's some debates on optimism versus pessimism. Is it nature versus nurture? Does it come from the factory? Um, you know, and I, I feel like uh, I'm a very positive person, and and uh, and I know that there are people even around me that are that maybe aren't as as um, optimistic, and and so I know that that can be probably there's some nature in there, some nurture in there as well. Uh, but so a nurtured heart approach does uh, it posits that the participant is the producer, director, and editor of every moment. I do kind of like that concept. So, but with more of these positive interactions, hopefully we can change their paradigm or the way that they see things. That they can start to see things as more hope based, strength based, you know, building this inner wealth instead of feeling negative about things. Okay, <clears throat> this is really important. Um, I've been talking about this phrase, active recognition. So nurtured heart approach. Uh, again, there were those three simple ideas: the toys are us. That's important, right? That's the, we are our child's greatest toy. And so we're going to hide our negative buttons. And if we need to, we can get a new set of buttons that react when they do positive things. Number two is a video game theory. Um, we want to get them back in the game as soon as we can, because in the game is where more opportunities for positive regard are, more opportunities for, for building positive self-image and self-worth. So we want them back in that game. Um, and when they do die, it's unceremonious. It's a quick reset. And we get them back in. And the third part is this toll taker view is where um, you're learning that, you know, you ultimately do have a choice. You can come to a situation and you can choose to go after the, the positive side of things uh, in a situation. Now we get to there's four methods of recognition. So this is that how do I just go from good job or how do I go from tiptoeing past the playroom to now creating these moments of building inner wealth and positive self-regard. And this is the key. These are the keys in, in your chart approach. It talks about, uh, says, three of the four recognitions are nicknamed after cameras, which I think is kind of ironic. It shows you a little bit. This is a little bit dated because, um, uh, you know, kids these days, a camera is the phone, right? Um, but so the uh, name after cameras, the approach seeing these as photo opportunities. And that's a big concept in Nurtured Heart Approach. You're looking for these, we call them photo opportunities. Um, they're also viewed as ways to perceive and acknowledge radical appreciation in self or another. So, you know, again, these, these photo opportunities are the times when you are acknowledging this um, radical appreciation. That's, that's important. So here they are. 
the first one is called a Kodak moment. Uh, the Kodak moment, and I'm reading off a page that I love, um, and you know, I'll have to put a link to this one downloading as well. This goes into the four um, ways of active recognition. The Kodak moment says an observation of the facts of what you see before you providing a verbal snapshot of the moment. Is this, it's almost as if you were describing something to someone who um, has lost their sight. So this is literally, this builds off of this concept where, uh, and I hear this, I trust me, I hear this all the time in therapy. People just want to know that they, ex- that they are, they're, uh, they exist, that they are, people notice them, that, that they are alive. And so the Kodak moment is at times you are simply just saying, um, it gives examples. Hey, I see you have your book out and it's open to the page given in the instructions. I mean, I feel like, you know, when that woman that came up to me in that first approach, she's like, hey, look at you. You got your notebook out, your pens out. That's just acknowledging. And honestly, if she would have stopped there before she even kind of said, I can tell you're ready to learn. You know, you're, this must mean a lot to you. Before she threw those statements in there, just her acknowledging me. I mean, I, well, I kind of sat up. and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I am here. I am. I do have my notebook out. That is a thing, you know. So Kodak moments. That's if, if that's I want us to kind of look for doing those throughout the day. Um, hey, you know, there you are. See, you got your book out and uh, it looks like you're ready to go. You know, oh, I noticed you took your shoes off once you walked in the door. Or I, I hear that you're using your quiet voice, even though there's a lot of people around. These are just observations. Um, you know, hey, I noticed you picked up those papers off the floor. That's a great thing. People want to be recognized. They do. Um, inherently, they want to be recognized. So there's number one, Kodak moments. Number two, Polaroid moments. And I, there was a point there where I had to explain what a Polaroid was, but thankfully Polaroid made a little bit, little bit of a comeback. This is an observation of both the facts you see and also what that says about the person's greatness. So now we're not only observing, but we're now pointing out what we love about that. So, um, you know, in, in essence, there's like there's two parts of this. There's part A, which is the act of recognition. And then there's part B, which is the quality, the character quality. So it's like, you know, uh, man, I notice you. Um, you know, I noticed you, just, you looked irritated by this math problem, but you kept on working. You know, you kept on working on it, and that shows me that you are, um, you you can persevere, and you want to be a good student. I mean, look at that, right? Or uh, I see that you. There's some examples here. It says, uh, Claire, you just handled telling me something challenging that happened at school with honesty and maturity. Um, I want to honor you for handling that situation with such integrity. You know, I, I noticed that was difficult for you to tell the truth, but man, that tells me a lot about you, and I want you to know how proud I am of you. Um, so experiential recognition, these Polaroid moments. It's I see you doing this, or I notice you doing this, or um, I appreciate that you. I want to celebrate you. You know, those kind of things in pointing out the thing. You know, I, I appreciate the way you play with your brother and sister because that shows to me or that proves that you are a great example to them and you really care about them. I mean, that again, let's go from you're trying to walk by the toy room door, ignoring them to now going with the, hey, I see the way that you're playing with your brother and sister. And uh, and I just want to acknowledge that because that shows me that you you really are a good brother and man, you're you're going to be such a good example to them. You're going to be such a great father when you grow up. What does that feel like to start planting that in in your kids instead of ignoring them or instead of saying stop uh, stop teasing your brother? You know that sort of thing. Um, you want to go after that praise. And I got to tell you, when I I literally came home from this and my kids were little, and I remember two of my kids were in fact um, working on homework together. I remember this very well. I was like, man, I, you know, protecting names. But I'm like, hey, kid one. I really love that you're helping kid too um, because that really just shows me that how much you care about her and that you're just a, you're a really good big sister. 
And then I almost felt bad because it was almost like anytime I walked by, you know, then in the coming days, it's like they, they could be in polar opposite uh, places in the room. And if dad comes home, it's like, yeah, where's our homework? Hold on. We're doing it. Look at us, dad. We're doing it again. And I'm like, man, look at you guys. And it kind of made me feel bad. It's like, oh, do I not point that stuff out enough? Or when I did, it was like, hey, good job, kids. You know, and they're just like, uh, what's that old man talking about? Right. Um, okay. So Polaroid moments. It's the active recognition plus the character quality. Um, two more ways. We've got uh, proactive recognition. Canon moments. So this is an honoring and celebration of the rules that have not been broken. Um, proactive recognition is a deliberate statement to identify the success and what isn't happening in a situation, but could be. Um, Catherine, I just noticed that Sam walked past and bumped into you. You didn't even get angry. You didn't shove him, but instead you just kind of stepped away. That is a powerful way to handle that situation. Um, so look at that. It, you know, cause they might not even notice. They might've even like, oh, I, I, I would have shoved him if I would have known, but I wasn't paying attention. But what we're letting them know is, well, oh, I get praise when I don't react. Interesting. You know, um, it, it, Steve, I noticed you don't particularly like my answer to your question that I just asked. Um, but I want to honor you for the maturity that you're showing and not rolling your eyes or being argumentative. Again, it, I don't even care if Steve's like, oh, I meant to roll my eyes, but I was thinking about something else. You know, Steve didn't roll his eyes. So we want to point that out. Um, Jane, look at the focus you're showing on this project right now. You aren't rushing or scribbling, but instead you're taking your time and showing off your amazing artistry. So it's like Jane was just drawing. Right? She's like, oh, yeah, I am a pretty amazing artist. We are building strength. Uh, we, are, or we are developing this inner worth. And, uh, and it, it works. It pays off. Um, the last one, the last one of these uh, four methods of recognition is creative recognition. Uh, what is creative recognition? Um, a method of creating success that may not otherwise exist. This technique starts with a clear and doable request of an action or progress and then celebrates movement in the right direction, regardless of intention or quantity of movement. Creative recognitions hijack children into success. I I still remember this. I remember this phrase well. Hijack children to success. You know, it's like uh, Robert. I, yeah, I kind of need you to come here, and then you pause. You know, I want to honor for you for looking at me when you heard my words, because I appreciate that you're moving in this direction. You're showing your respectfulness. So now you are. You know, you're kind of like hijacking them into. Oh, Robert knows. Wow. Okay, I, I never even paid attention. But when I'm going to walk over to you, if I'm going to look at you, know, I'm going to look at you, and and, and I'm like, hey, what can I do? And they're getting praised for that. Then hey, guess what? We just hijacked children into success. We're teaching this lesson of, you know, and again, instead of like, Robert, I've asked you a hundred times why you haven't come here, right? You're, when Robert does come, like, hey, hey, buddy, I love the fact that uh, you came over here because that shows me that you're, you know, that you're willing to kind of um, help out. And I really appreciate the way you, you were looking me in the eye. I mean, that, like, that kind of showed me, hey, you're ready. Um, it says, Maya, it's time to finish the snack you're eating so we can go. Pause. Uh, Look, you kept show, uh, you kept chewing, which shows that you're doing exactly what I asked. I appreciate you're a team player and getting us out the door. Maya's just chewing her food, right? But but it's like you know now she's hearing this hijacking for success. This the fact that she didn't sit there, you know, and when I'm done with my snack, I'll get up. But it's like oh no, wow, no, she's like uh, actively engaged, moving toward the goal that we've asked, and so we're hijacking. Uh, hijacking our children into success. It says, by lowering the rope and being very clear about where the rope is, sends a message of clarity, ability, and forward motion into new success. So there we have it. Um, that is the uh, an overview of the Nurtured Heart approach. It is something that I am so passionate about, and I want this, well... I, I, you know, you may choose whatever parenting technique you like that there's, there's nice there's, and that one, um, in Tucson that I shared in that uh, school district, there's plenty of examples of that now of the nurtured heart approach of how, of how that works. And, and I will, I will tell you, um, that this is the, the approach that I was able to implement in my own home 10 years ago. Now, here's the part that I also like to say, 
I'm a therapist. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been married a long time and my kids are getting older and I blow this all the time. I really do. If I'm being super honest and vulnerable, but it's, it's the paradigm from which we, which we operate. It's the set of rules, which I continue to come back to when, and some of my other podcasts I've talked about, um, tapping a parent out, you know, if one parent's frustrated and the other one, you know, sees that there's that frustration and they go and tap them out. When you go back and you talk about, Hey, what happened in that moment? Um, I want us to, you know, in that moment, my wife and I will say, Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta nurture heart this thing a little more, you know, or, or you weren't being very positive in that moment, you know, or I, I didn't see you pointing out the good and that sort of thing. And, and so I, this is a good thing to have a, a place to kind of work from. And for me, this has worked great. And, and again, I do it not just with my kids, but I try to implement this with people um, at work, with my clients, people I interact with, because people want this positive recognition. They want to, I mean, you say to anybody, it's like, have I ever told you how much I appreciate the way you do this instead of just, hey, what's up? There's a huge, a huge difference, right? Okay, um, this one has gone long enough. The, the camera's still rolling, so this one was live. Um, I am grateful for all of the support. Please continue to send your questions to contact at pathbackrecovery.com or you can go over to the virtualcouch.xyz website. There's a contact form there. If you feel so inclined, you can uh, make a small donation, which goes directly to the podcast to support hosting and, and equipment, that sort of thing. Uh, I love the questions. I have so many questions that uh, I still need to get to more of those episodes where I just answer questions. And uh, and I'll tell you what is the most exciting thing. I, I, I Okay, I got to plug everything, right? So I did start a virtual couch um, Instagram page. And one of the things I posted last week, even just the, the episode on resolutions, um, I just I was fascinated by the statistics it, it, when I when I did the Instagram post a, a day after I had posted this thing, um, the podcast had been downloaded in over 33 different countries. And it's just fascinating to see, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 uh, downloads in Japan or a few thousand, you know, here or different states or whatever. Um, it's just kind of neat to see how how uh, we are kind of, you know, when I'm talking about this nurtured heart approach that uh, that I hope that this gets out among the world, you know, and we can really start to build these strengths within our kids and we can just do all that we can um, to develop these positive attributes to bring out this uh, this inner wealth in our kids. And in doing that, we're going to we're going to be better parents. We're going to feel better. We're going to raise our own emotional baselines. Um, which if you haven't listened to that episode of the podcast, that's still my, it is now my most uh, downloaded episode. And I believe passionately in that is that we need to have our baseline of emotions as high as we can, because that puts us in a place to be better husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, employees, you know, uh, servants of God, you name it. We want our baseline up high. Um, but so I'm grateful for all the feedback. Uh, please, you can check out my Facebook page. So just uh, look for Tony Overbay, licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, virtualcouch.xyz has all the podcasts on there. Feel free to share. If you're an Apple podcast listener, I would love it if you could review. Um, give a five-star rating if you feel so inclined or subscribe. Uh, the more of those, then the, the kind of the more that the, it spreads and, and the better guests we get to. Holy cow, I've got some, I already got a couple of uh, interviews that are in the can that are that are pretty neat um, that are that I can't wait to get to. So I just have to do a little more editing and, and record a couple of intros and we'll get some of those out uh, in the new year. Um, this is my last podcast of the year. So have a happy new year. If you did listen to the resolution podcast, um, I hope that you uh, you are setting some very attainable, positive um, resolutions, not going to beat yourself up about them. And uh, we kind of went over some ways to, to achieve those. Um, and thanks for uh, the music that you were about to hear from Aurora Florence. Uh, grateful for that. Oh, and I have a new theme song that is coming that is is going to be big. 
Um, it is being written and performed for the virtual couch. I, I just heard, I haven't heard it yet, but I heard about it over the weekend and I just can't wait to get the first draft of that. So uh, lots of fun things coming up. Great guests coming up. Please continue to submit your questions. Thank you for your support. And uh, I will see you next time on the virtual couch. Compressed emotions flying past Our heads and out the other end The pressures of the daily grind It's wonderful Elastic waste and rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the